Welcome to the Franz Fitness Podcast. I'm David, founder and owner of Franz Fitness, where we help tactical athletes and first responders perform optimally so they can effectively serve their country and their community. We also help athletes and general population clients to improve their health and overall quality of life. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the France Fitness Podcast. I'm Dave, as you're hopefully well aware at this point. Uh, So something I wanted to talk with you about today is long-term athletic development. Uh, That might sound really boring to some. That might interest others. Um, Some might not even know what that is. Um, But from a coaching standpoint, that's how we as coaches shape and form training for clients and athletes of various age levels and capabilities. Best summed up in my in my own head there. Um, so I want to preface this with, I've worked with athletes that are under 10 years old and over 70. I've worked with athletes that perform at the highest levels and clients that just want to get upstairs safely. I've worked with athletes in the best shape of their life, and I've worked with athletes that have many health risk factors. I'm not rattling off my resume, but I do want to talk about, like I had mentioned, long-term athletic development and what exactly that means and what it looks like. Whether you're a coach, parent, athlete, or just a loyal listener, I hope this episode makes you think about your training and what your training could look like in the near future. I do think it's important to put on a disclaimer here really quick. There are tons of studies on long-term athletic development. There's tons of lectures and models on what long-term athletic development looks like. I'm not here to reference all the scientific literature. You can surely find that if you're looking for it, or I could help navigate you to that. I'm here to talk to you about practical experience and what you as a coach or you as an athlete should keep in mind. So I wanted to start by looking at four stages of athletic development. Ages and priorities vary for different individuals and across this span, we'll call it. So I want to start off by talking about young kids and how they learn to move. Um, I think for a priority for them, they need to focus on building a healthy relationship with exercise. They need to explore movement. Uh, the purpose of, of movement and air quotes training for them is to play, learn, grow, and be active. So you might be asking yourself, well, what does that look like? Being active, getting outside, playing with friends, running, throwing, jumping, skipping, catching, dodging, sprinting, all of the fundamentals of human movement are all that young, young athletes or young kids need to focus on. Now we can get down the rabbit hole briefly of early specialization and I think you'll see that a lot especially with certain sports and I'm not saying that's a bad thing it's it's needed in certain cases in certain scenarios but anytime you begin early specialization very early for an athlete you obviously run a higher risk of burnout for that athlete and them deriving less pleasure from partake partaking in that sport so I think you need to be very um, aware If you're a parent or a coach and you have an athlete that's specializing very early on, my philosophy tends to be more towards just let kids be kids. Let them run around, throw, skip, jump, just be active at a young age. And you could put, these aren't hard numbers, but in my mind, I'm thinking six, seven, eight, nine years old. Um, Let them just 
be active and do what they do best. As a young athlete learning uh, to move a little bit more efficiently and effectively, uh, we're talking early teen years, they're looking to hone their skill a little bit more. So a priority for them could be learning quality movement and the purpose of movements, learning intensity and load um, towards the middle and end of that stage. Uh, if you're wondering what that might look like for those youth athletes, they're going to learn the fundamentals of strength training. They're going to take up potentially multiple sports. And the reason for that is to gain physical literacy. For those that are unfamiliar with that term, essentially it's important that they learn where their body is in space and in time. They learn how to compete, score, and play the game or several games if they're a multi-sport athlete. They learn how to work with a team. Uh, they learn acceleration and independent. Uh, well, let me go back over my point here. They learn how to work with a team and excel in, in an independent capacity. And what I mean by that is, let's say that your kid primarily focuses on football. That's great. Football doesn't necessarily happen year round. And they may take up other sports around football season to keep themselves moving, keep them active, and help build their physical literacy. That could be something like uh, track, could be something like tennis, basketball, swimming, wrestling, uh, sports that usually happen outside of the football season. Some of those are team-focused. Some of those are individual-focused. I think when an athlete is learning to build their physical literacy and at a young age, it's important that they explore both individual sports and team sports because they both have different demands. They both have different objectives, and they both have different sets of rules. Um, moving into the next stage, we're looking at elite level athletes or athletes that aspire to go to a higher level. So here you might think college athletes, professional athletes, the way I see it, their priority is to be smart about their training, learn what works and what their body responds rather well to. The reason it's important that they know what works well for their body is because at this stage, they're entering the highest level of sport, the most demanding level of sport, right? And to do that, they need to be able to have educated conversations with their strength and conditioning coaches, with their skills coaches, with their head coaches, with PTs potentially. There's a lot of factors for higher level athletes to face. There's a lot of challenges for them to focus on. So I think it's important that from the time they spent moving and playing and playing other sports and gaining physical literacy in that time they learn what works for them what their body takes to and what their body responds well to so that they can help the performance uh, professionals that are trying to help them so you might wonder well what exactly does that look like for a, a high level athlete they need to learn different modes of training and different coaching styles if you if you've had the same coach all your life from a very early age, say elementary school, all the way up through high school, been going to the same coach, there's certainly a high level of trust and a personal relationship there, I'm sure. But it is important that you find what other coaching styles you respond well to, what modes of training you respond well to, what um, perhaps exercises or methods give you maybe some problems or don't give you the best bang for buck. It's important that you try those things and learn what does work for you. It's important that they seek additional help with skills, drills, and technique. 
I just kind of talked on that point, so I'll skip over that one. It is important for them to specialize later on in their athletic career. So at about the stage that I'm talking at now, it did seem earlier perhaps like I was bashing specialization, and that's not the case, not even a little. I'm not bashing specialization, but I think it is crucial to push that specialization out to a later age so that your athletes can explore more facets of sport and human movement. So if they're looking to go to an elite level with their training and with their sport, they certainly will have to specialize. I think it is important to train year-round, and when I say that, keep in mind, I am talking about you need to do it sensibly. You need to know when your off time is. In order to train year-round, you do need rest periods. Uh, They need to prioritize work and rest and know when it's time for each. So again, I just mentioned on that point a little bit. You're certainly going to have off days. You might even have a couple of off weeks. That's natural, and that's going to happen. But when you're pushing to be at the top of your game, at the highest level of sport, I do believe that all the work you put in excuse me, all the work that you put in does have to become an obsession, meaning you're thinking about the game, you're practicing skills work for the game, you're watching footage of the game, and you're always seeking to learn. So it's not necessarily about always placing stress on the body, but I think it is about embracing as many facets of the game as you can. And the last point I had for this one is learn from everyone and sharpen your skills. Uh, The best of the best I do find, pull from a number of resources. Um, The better your network, the more resources you'll have and the more you can pull from and the more you'll learn and be helped. Uh, So I see immense benefit in just getting out and building your network and and learning from either other people in your field and sport or other allied professionals, call them PT, strength coaches, skills coaches, etc. And then lastly, and arguably maybe the most important, is life past the game. So it's called long-term athletic development for a reason. Everybody's expiration date comes up when, uh, in regard to their athletic career. And it is so important that athletes and even gen pop clients are well prepared for that day when they take either their training into their own hands um, or the day, they, the day they decide to hire a coach or personal trainer. The priority at this stage, as I see it, is to maintain a healthy relationship with exercise. And that may sound obvious, it may sound simple, but to elaborate on that, uh, what does that look like? Don't dread or fear training. Build a program you'll enjoy and you're much more likely to participate in. Um, I've worked with a lot of clients who, I won't say they dread exercise, but they don't necessarily look forward to it. It's not necessarily the most... um, uplifting part of their day. They know they're going to come in for challenging workout. They're going to come in and be pushed. They're going to come in and be held accountable. And I think those are all great things. If you're trying to go it alone and you don't have a coach or a trainer, I think it is important that you make your time for exercise a sacred time for you, a time to improve, a time to get better, and not something that you just kind of drag your feet to. It's going to be much more uh, long-term and sustainable if you have that in mind. Another thing I want to mention is uh, it's important that you understand the principles and concepts of training. To give just a couple examples, progressive overload, variability, specificity. It's important 
if you're taking your training into your own hands and not hiring a professional, that you understand how to move your training forward and what shape that's going to take. I remember hearing a story a long time ago about um, an older guy that went to a local rec center. And I was talking to the the person that ran it, and he said, you know, that, that guy comes in and he's been doing the same thing for 20 years, the same weight, the same reps, the same movements, hasn't changed a thing in 20 years. And I can guess that that guy's progress has probably been stagnant for quite some time. So you need to understand how to navigate your training, how to build that shape and how to move it forward if you're going to take it in your own hands. And lastly, uh, building exercise into your lifestyle so it's part of the normal routine. Consistency is always going to be key. And so often in life, we all get busy. That's fine. Um, But you cannot let work, family, a social life take over your training. In a way, Training is discipline, accountability, responsibility. It keeps you focused on treating yourself well. Uh, And that's why it's so important that you're not just educated about the process, but passionate about the process of training yourself and keeping yourself active. So just a a quick recap. The four stages that we talked about are early uh, young kids or children that are learning to move and what the goals are for those um, kids or athletes. Moving into young athletes, uh, early teens, middle up through high school, looking at aspiring elite level athletes. So think college athletics and pros. And then we talk about life past the game. So older adult um, gen pop clients. And just to round that up, exercise matters at every stage of life. And it is important to recognize what your goal is and what shape training will take. Uh, We as health professionals should understand not just the X's and O's, but uh, philosophies and methodologies to keep your training at every stage of life, to keep you training at every stage of life. Pardon me. Um, I want to say thank you for listening. Please write in with any questions that you have. Uh, would love to hear from anyone on their thoughts about uh, not just this podcast, but earlier episodes as well. I hope that this brought uh, some, va- some value to your day and hopefully got you to think critically a little bit about your training and what you're doing, whether uh, you're a parent, an athlete, a coach, Um, just someone that cares a lot about exercise. Um, So thank you for taking a listen, and thank you for being a part of this episode. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Make sure you check out our other resources, including blogs and social media posts, as well as other content over at FranzFitness.com. We'll see you next time.